Hello, good morning. That awkward moment when you kick your announcements over to yourself, right? (laughs) If you joined us last week, you'll know Pastor Lance talked about how his mom was passing away and his sweet mama did go be with Jesus on Tuesday. So Pastor Lance and his wife Polly are taking some time for some bereavement. Actually, their daughter just recently had a baby and so they're in Texas meeting their new grandbaby, which to me is just um, gotta be such a, a soul-filling endeavor for them. So if you could just be praying for them, they're, they're doing fine and they'll be back shortly. So as uh, you saw in announcements, my name's Heather. I'm one of the pastors here and I will be bringing the word this morning. It was about nine years ago that Pastor Lance called my husband and said, hey, I have a wacky idea. Anybody in here heard that come out of Pastor Lance's mouth? If you haven't, you may, because he gets a lot of wacky ideas, big ideas, um, which is why he's such an amazing pastor. But he called and he said, will you meet me at Starbucks? So we went to the River Road Starbucks uh, nine years ago in December. And he said, I would love for David and you, Heather, to join our staff, to come on board at Puget Sound Foursquare. I was like, what? Oh, okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's for us, but thank you. Um, that was kind of my initial response. You know, I had just recently received my degree in social work, and even though I knew that the Lord had spoke to me that my degree would be used a little different um, than the traditional use of social work was, I just knew it had nothing to do with going into ministry at Puget Sound Foursquare. I just knew that. But he looked at me And he looked at my husband and he said, will you do me a favor? Will you just commit to taking 21 United in the month of January to pray, to fast, to set aside all your ideas, preconceived notions, and to just ask the Lord what it is that he would have for you and Dave in regards to Puget Sound Foursquare? Well, spoiler alert, obviously God did something in our hearts and in our minds because we are here today nine years later because of that invitation and because of that season to just stop and to pray. There is something so special about 21 United, about the season that we do every January. There's nothing special about the month of January. We just intentionally pick the beginning of the year to just take a step back and to get back into alignment. If you are here today, I absolutely believe you have an appointment with Jesus this morning. Whether you were invited by a friend, a family member, whatever it is, maybe you came reluctantly. This morning, would you just set all that aside? And will you just know that God has asked you to be here today on purpose this morning? I am telling you that Jesus longs to bring you peace. He longs to bring you joy. He longs to bring your soul refreshment. And he longs to give you some direction. And he probably longs to give you a little bit of correction, which isn't always fun, but it's always for our good. Last week, Pastor Lance talked about this season being a time of getting back into alignment. Who here has ever driven a car that it's like, you know, pulling way off to the left or way off to the right and you're struggling with it all the time? This is a season where we can just take the car, our lives, pull it into the shop and rest and get it all adjusted so that when we get back out onto this road of life, we are able to stay within the margins of the lane that God has placed us in. 
So this 21 United includes our, those elements of reading the word, of fasting, and of praying. And this morning, I want to focus just a little bit on the element of prayer. Being intentional with your prayer life will change your life. That nine years ago, when we intentionally sought the Lord, this yes changed the direction of our lives. You can't go unchanged by the Lord when you have an encounter with him. And the best way to have an encounter with him is when you have a relationship with him. And the best way to have a relationship with him is when you talk with him. Amen? Now, why, you may be thinking, does Pastor Lance, Pastor Heather, any of the other staff really care about my own personal prayer life? Well, first off, we stand accountable before the Lord for this thing we call discipleship of your spiritual lives. And we want each of you to have a deep, thriving spiritual life in partnership with the Lord. But also, when you bring your best selves in this room here, when each of us bring our best selves, it impacts this entire community here in our church and inside your families and outside these walls to our community, to friends outside these walls, to uh, larger community groups. It spills out. If any of you have ever been to counseling, maybe you go in there at first because you're like, oh, this husband of mine, this wife of mine, they need to change. They need to, something needs to change and it's not me. The counselor, if they're worth anything, will say to you, Actually, let's start with you. So this morning, I am saying, let's start with you. Let's start with each and every one of your own individual prayer lives so that we bring our best selves every single day to the Lord, to this community, to the community at large. Can we just agree together right now, every single one of you, can you agree that this next 21 days, and lucky for you, if this is your first time with us, 21 days starts today. 21 days, it's not too late. Lucky for you. Can we just agree that we are going to be all in, that we are going to take this hill together? Because I am believing for a season of miracles in this place. But it takes each and every one of you individually so that collectively we are being obedient to the Lord. Amen? And when we do that, we need to be aware that the enemy is not thrilled with that choice. So we don't need to be fearful because we get to come in the authority of the name of Jesus, but we do need to be aware. So this morning as I uh, begin our our message, my sermon, we're going to pray for the Lord's protection over each and every one of your lives and over this season. Amen? So Lord, we just thank you. We ask right now, God, for your hedge of protection about each and every person right now, God. Would you protect every family? Would you put your hedge of protection around their homes, around this church, around this community, Lord? We stand against any scheme of the enemy that would come to take out our feet from under us. We say no in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that we will see your hand moving and working in and through this church and this community during this season. We believe and we expect it. We give you this message this morning and this time. In your name we pray, amen. 
Amen. So there are a couple of places this morning that I want to talk about in regards to prayer. I want to talk about the necessity of prayer and the how of prayer. So the why of prayer and the how of prayer. So first off, for those of you maybe who are new to Christianity or new to this way of life, what is prayer? Prayer, simply put, is conversation with God. It is both speaking and listening. Sometimes that's hard, right? To just sit in that stillness and to listen to the word of God, listen to what he is speaking to us. I know sometimes I show up with my list and I do a whole lot of talking, but the Lord is saying, no, be still so that we can have a conversation. That is what builds relationship. Often I'll come in and I'm like, you know, come in, there's not a place I go. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to pray for this, 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 all these things. And I start to get overwhelmed because there's so many things we could be praying for. But if you are just still before the Lord for a moment, he'll review, reveal to you what areas in which he wants you to push in. So that would be my encouragement is to stop and, and, and listen and ask the Lord, where is it you want me to spend my time? So why pray? Well, first off, prayer is the beginning of a change in you. Like I said earlier, you cannot have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed by it. You can't. You cannot stand in the holiness and the presence of the Lord and have your life not be impacted by it. It is the beginning of a change that can occur to you. I love that it is both an act of submission, but it is also an act of authority as a child of God. What a beautiful picture that we can submit to the big, bigness of God. Is that a word, bigness? We can submit to his holiness, to his uh, majesty. We can say, God, you are powerful and I am nothing without you. But also he equips us and he says, you go in my name with all authority in heaven. That is prayer. It is coming as an act of submission, but also responding with authority. Prayer is also biblical. There really isn't a place in the entirety of the word of God that you can't find some sort of conversation happening between God and people. Old Testament and New Testament, even Jesus, fully God, fully man, models prayer all through the New Testament. Prayer is relational. It is absolutely how you develop a relationship with God. Can you imagine having a friendship with something, somebody and never talking to them? never listening to them, never sharing in the difficulties of life with them. That wouldn't probably be a relationship. It wouldn't even be a friendship. It would just be maybe an acquaintance. And the Lord longs to be more than an acquaintance to you this morning. The Lord longs to be in a deep relationship with you day in and day out. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, And then you will call upon me and come to pray to me, and I will hear you. He hears every prayer that you breathe unto heaven, every one of them. We may not always like his response, right? Maybe sometimes the answer is no, or maybe we don't hear an answer because he sees the big picture, our lives from the beginning to the end, but he does hear every prayer. He does hear. Also, God calls us to be co-laborers with him. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. 
And then Exodus 32, Moses is up on the mountain, the Israelites, they lose sight once again of what God promises, and they start building golden calves at the base of the mountain, and God is mad. His wrath is stirred, and he is like, that's it, we're destroying them, we're done. And Moses intercedes on behalf of the Israelites, and God hears him. And because of the prayers of Moses, God does not move his hand and wipe out the Israelites. He holds back his hand. It says in verse 14, God relented. See, God wants us to be praying. He wants us to recognize his authority and to submit to him so that when the prayer is answered, we say all glory to God. Everything because he has uh, gone and he has made that miracle happen. Your prayers have great power in their workings. Great power. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I am contending that in this season of 21 United, we are going to see miracles in this place. In Jesus' name. That we would pray with one another and we would expect to see answers to prayer. Amen? Your prayers have great power. So why do we pray? It's the beginning of changing you, right? We got to bring our best selves in this place. Prayer is biblical. It is foundational to our Christianity Prayer is how we develop a relationship. It's taking that salvation moment to the next level. Salvation is great. It's absolutely necessary. I am so grateful for it. It is pivotal to our Christianity. But that's just the beginning. God wants more. He doesn't want you just to say the salvation prayer and then walk out of here unchanged and never having a conversation. He wants to develop discipleship in you on this side of heaven. He wants to co-labor with you on this side of heaven. And he invites you into that through relationship with him so that then you would begin to co-labor with him. And your prayers have great power in their workings. Your prayers can move mountains. Your prayers can change the heart of God. So there are so many important reasons to have a consistent and a thriving prayer life. And it's just a conversation but sometimes we still don't do it. This morning, let's turn to Mark. We're going to join Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the eve that he was arrested right before the time on this earth came to an end. It's Mark 14, 32 through 42. And it begins, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful. My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
We can hashtag that during 21 United. We can get a t-shirt made during 21 United because that's what 21 United is all about. That's why we introduce a fast into it as well. It is denying our flesh. So perhaps we may know the importance of prayer. We may know the power of prayer. We may not be intimidated to go before the Lord. We may feel very comfortable with that. But why don't we do it? It's because our flesh is weak. Our flesh cries out for that midday caffeine and we're happy to oblige it, right? We're going to make a cup of coffee or grab a Coke or whatever it is. We're tired, so we take a nap. We're bored, so we scroll on our Facebook. We're bored, so we turn on Netflix. We want a snack like I did last night and I eat some peanut M&Ms, right? (laughs) Our flesh is always crying out and we are very happy to oblige our flesh, even in the presence of Jesus, even when they're walking with their Savior, when he's in great distress. They had to have seen Jesus in great distress. Their flesh said, I am tired. So how can we be successful this next 21 days? How can we set the stage to have a rich encounter with Jesus? Not one that we sleep through, one that we are fully present and awake to. Well, I was reading this book in preparation for this week called Prayer uh, by Richard Foster. And he writes, you can't just tell yourself to sleep like in the moment, right? We don't just say sleep and we we go to sleep. Some of us wishes it, it was that easy, right? But what we do is we create an environment in which we can fall asleep. You prepare for sleep. See, this is a time in which you can create an environment and prepare to have an encounter with Jesus, to be truly changed by his presence, unequivocally changed forever. And why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't we want our our flesh is weak? It can be difficult to be disciplined. Or perhaps some of you in here are like, I don't pray because it doesn't work anyway. Well, Foster asks the question in here, when you turn on the television and it doesn't work, Do you then argue that the electronic frequencies don't exist? Something to ponder, something to think about, right? We don't question that when maybe a TV is broken. We don't question that the whole, all of it, or we could bring it up to date, that the whole internet, that everything is is no, no longer existing. Perhaps there's an issue with our heart. So maybe that's a reason that we don't pray. But I'm promising you, being intentional with your prayer life, will change your life, will provide an encounter with the Most High God. So how do we set that stage to have that encounter with Jesus? Well, number one, we got to take control of the flesh. It's just real practical. We need to make a plan. There was a time during COVID when all the gyms closed, and um, I like to go, and I was using the treadmill, or I'd lift weights or something, and then the gyms are closed. So I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do to stay active? So I decided to sign up for a half marathon. The half marathon got canceled, but that's another story for another day. But I didn't know it was going to get canceled. So what did I have to do? I had to prepare for the half marathon. I couldn't just go out and run 13 miles tomorrow because I've signed up for it. I had to set the stage. I had to condition my body. I had to make a plan. So this morning, I'm saying to you, make a plan so that you can be successful for this 21 days. Maybe you say, every morning at this time, I am going to read for this amount of time, or I am going to pray for this amount of time. 
I am going to fast this thing. It's why the, the fast along with prayer and scripture is so important as well. Because a lot of us will just numb out, right? We give in to the flesh and then we use whatever vice it is that we do. So if for some of us that might be social media and that's the thing that should go or TV or reading or podcasts or food or whatever it is, having that fast along with your prayer life is going to help you remain disciplined. Prayer should engage your whole being, right? So we got to come before the Lord, be intentional, get that flesh in check. Number two, invite some friends with you on this journey. Jesus invites Peter, James, and John to keep watch. And if you look all in the New Testament, most of what Jesus does is with friends. He brings people along with him. Don't do this by yourself. Mark 14, and he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. I know a, a couple years back when COVID started, one of our groups during this time of Lexio Divina, they started a Zoom group. And I see some of your faces still in here today. They meet every single day to this day to talk about the Lexio reading. Now, we've given you a journal for 21 days, but Lexio actually has an annual plan. And so you can look online and get the scripture of the day on our website. We post it all year long, so you can get the scripture. But maybe it's to that level of accountability, or perhaps it's just a text with a friend. Hey, how are you doing on the fast? How are you doing with your prayer life? What did you hear today from the Lord in your scripture reading? It's positive peer pressure, Pastor Steve mentioned last week. Positive peer pressure. Number three, we have to learn to come vulnerably before the Lord. Ugh. I know it's that word that people really don't like. Here in America especially, we're so good at pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and saying, it's fine, I'm good. I'm telling you what, I am the worst when people ask me how I'm doing. I'm fine, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? That's like the biggest vocabulary word that I have for my emotions, I'm fine. Some of us may need to like pull out an emotions chart so that we really can get real with the Lord. No, Lord, I'm angry because of this diagnosis. I'm mad because of that. I'm, I'm feeling sad because of this. Whatever it is, we need to be real before the Lord. He can handle it. He can handle that vulnerability. And then again, with the fasting, if we don't, um, a lot of us will like cope with our negative emotions by inserting whatever vice that we choose. So that again, inviting you into this time of fasting, whatever it is that you turn to to numb out negative emotions, perhaps that's the thing that you should be giving up during this season. But when we're honest with the Lord, when we come vulnerably before the Lord, that is when true change can happen in us. When we're just laying it all out before him. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, will you come in and will you change these places in me? Mark 14, 35 through, uh, yeah, through 36, and going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus, fully man and fully God, says to God, Listen, you can take this cup for me. I'm not really looking forward to suffering, to dying on the cross, to the beatings, to the whippings. He came vulnerably before his father. 
He came vulnerably. He modeled it for us. So why would we think we need to hide those places of our heart from the Lord when Jesus went before us and showed us? Number four is pretty simple. Just do it. Just do it. Just join us. All of us be all in. Jesus taught us to go simply before the Lord, and then he modeled it. Listen to this, Matthew 6, 7 through 8. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This in the message version. I loved this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father who you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. You don't need your doctorate in theology to come before the Lord. We don't talk to our friends like, oh, thou art showing much beauty today, right? King James doesn't get to tell me how I pray. You just need to use your voice. Jesus came for the lowly. He came for those of us who were poor and poor in spirit. He came to serve us. He didn't come to just serve the rich or those with high levels of education and a gift for public speaking. He wants all of you to just bring the cry of your heart simply to him. I love this. Mark 14, 39, because I can just picture it. Just picture this. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. This is Jesus. Again, he went away to pray. And what does it say? Remove this cup for me. Can you just see Jesus just over and over again? God, will you remove this cup for me? But your will be done. But God, will you remove this cup for me? But God, I know your will must be done. God, remove this cup for me but your will be done. Jesus just repeated the same things over and over again out of the cry of his heart. And that is the invitation that he brings to you this morning. You don't have to have a mouthful of eloquence to come before God. But he does speak to our heart. He does speak to the posture of our heart through the Lord's prayer. He gives us a template for our heart. See, I do believe that when Jesus begins to talk about the Lord's Prayer, that it wasn't a you must memorize this and pray just exactly like this. Though if you do that, that is okay. There is such beauty and power in the Lord's Prayer. But I believe that the intention behind it was the posture of our heart. And he says to pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. As I was praying through the Lord's Prayer, What came to me, this is how I believe the Lord was inviting our hearts to be. To pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, you are to be honored, admired, and deeply respected. Your kingdom come. God, help me to invite your presence from heaven as I live my life here on this earth. Be present with me. 
Be with me. Holy Spirit, live and breathe in me. Your will be done. Have your way in me and have your way in the lives of others. On earth as it is in heaven, while I walk on this side of heaven, let heaven breathe through me. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I'm content with what you've given me, and I'm asking you to give me enough to just sustain me today. And forgive us our debts. Cleanse me of my sin. And we also have forgiven our debtors. I will remember your free gift of redemption and offer freely forgiveness toward others who have wronged me. And lead us not into temptation. Help me put my flesh in check. I am powerless to do this on my own, but deliver us from evil. Protect me from the wicked ways of the devil who waits like a roaring lion. Friends, this is an invitation from Jesus to posture our heart before him. So do we need eloquence to come before the Lord? No. Do we need to recognize his authority in our lives? Yes. We come before the Lord with a posture of a heart that once again submits and goes in authority. Amen? That is what he is inviting us to do. There's not a specific formula. This is about how you view God and his position in your life. And my last point, be fully present when praying and spending time with God. And I'm going to use a word now that may cause some of you to gasp that I would bring this worldly word in here. You want to practice mindfulness. Now, I know the world has taken that and made it all kinds of woo-woo, made it all kinds of weird, right? We're going to practice mindfulness and get in with our chakras and all that stuff. But the Lord intended it for something different, Again, Foster writes in the book Prayer, I love this, the difference between meditation, as the world does, as opposed to meditating with the Lord, is that the Lord brings us to a place of repentance, to change and to obedience to him. While the world's view of meditation is merging with cosmic consciousness and losing oneself's identity, the Lord brings identity back to you. The Lord reminds you of who you are. The Lord brings you course correction. The Lord brings you to repentance in his goodness and in his gentleness and in his kindness. So when I ask you this morning and invite you to be mindful, it's not in some strange woo-woo new age kind of way. It's in a way that allows you to just be quiet before the Lord. Because remember, our flesh is always crying out and it's pretty loud but the Spirit, 1 Kings 9, 19, 11 through 13 says this, And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces and rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The voice of the Lord comes in a whisper. 
And in the midst of our flesh, saying, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I need this, I want that. It's screaming, screaming, screaming. We have to be intentional about pulling away and being present with the Lord. Can you imagine sitting at a restaurant with a friend who's maybe sharing something difficulty and you're just kind of scrolling on your phone, you're checking your watch. The Lord invites us to be present so we can draw near and we can hear his voice so that we can have relationship with him and so that our lives can be transformed, so that others' lives can be transformed, so that this church body can be transformed, so that this community can be transformed. See, you have a part to play in that. I can't have relationship with Jesus on your behalf. You have to have relationship with Jesus on your own. I can pray for you and I do pray for you. But relationship with Jesus, prayer with Jesus is up to you. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. He invites us into that stillness, into that presence. And of course, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Those are the promises of the Lord. So when I sit down to pray, if you're like me at all, that's of course when all the barrage of the to-dos comes, right? That's when you're like, ah, I really shouldn't take this time for me right now. I've got to throw in the laundry. I need to grocery shop. I need to blah, 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 blah. So there's a couple of things you can do to combat that. Number one, just put a stack of sticky notes next to you or a journal, whatever you want to do. And when those thoughts come, just jot them down, set them aside. A couple tricks that I use, some visualization techniques that really help me to be centered and to be present. One is just very silly. It's me in a, in a car parked on the highway. And as thoughts come, I just visualize that cars are going by me on the highway and I just let them go. Car goes by, let the thought go. Just let it go. Another one, one of my favorite scriptures is John 14, 27. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives. I, envis- I visualize that peace as like a weighted blanket that I can just wrap myself up into. And sometimes when I'm feeling incredibly anxious or there's a lot of to-dos in my day and I just need stillness before the Lord, I just take that and I just wrap it around me. Peace, Jesus. And then I take some deep breaths. <sighs> just become still before the Lord. These are all ways in which you can be intentional about your prayer life. Some of them spiritual, some of them just very practical. But even in Exodus 25, God gives um, Moses some really specific instructions on how to build the Ark of of the Covenant, which then God would inhabit that vessel. So God, he does use specific detailed instructions sometimes, just the very practical things, the materials that we should use to help us to have his presence fill our lives. And so this morning, I just want to invite you into that. Don't let the next 21 days go by out of routine. Oh, it's 21 United again. Read our scriptures and guess I'll give up candy. And no, let this be a transformative moment in your lives. Ones that then you can say, ah, two years ago in my 21 United, this is what the Lord spoke to me and it forever transformed my life. It forever changed that relationship. 
It healed me. So there's a few real last minute practical things I want to share. If you haven't gotten one of these journals, please make sure that you do. Lexio Divina is just Latin for divine reading. That's the name of our plan. You can participate using the journal. Also, everything's online. We just want to make it easy. You can pull it up even on your phone, the scripture of the day. Every day, there's going to be on our website a devotion from one of our pastoral staff, whether from here or from Fox Island. Please go on our website and join us and and hear that devotion. And as you're reading the scriptures, try not to be too intellectual about it. Just sit with the scripture and allow the Lord to minister to you specifically through that scripture. And then pray, be intentional, set your goals. Every day at the same time, take time with the Lord, listen. And last week, Pastor Steve encouraged us all to, to maybe, for some of you, uh, fast some kind of food item or food in general, whatever it may be. Consider that. But if that's not your vice, if that's not what the Lord is calling you into, that's okay. But choose something and be disciplined about it. Get some help. But if you mess it up, start over the next day because we have a loving Savior and this isn't a magic formula. This is just about quieting the noise in our lives right now and getting back on track. And then we have three Thursday nights. This Thursday night at 7 p.m., I'm asking you to come. Who wants to see some miracles during this season? Who wants to do that? Amen. There is power when we come together to pray. There is power in that. And I want to see Jesus move in and through this place. So I'm asking you, I know it's midweek, we're tired, we work all day, but will you come and join us? Amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and stand up? Lord, we give you this time. God, I just pray that the word that was spoken this morning would just penetrate deeply in people's hearts and minds. Lord, we absolutely believe that there will be miracles this season. God, I thank you, Jesus, that right now in each and every person, you are depositing what it is that you are asking of them this season. You are showing them. You are showing them people or situations or things you want them to give up or areas that you want to work of or have your way in. God, right now, all over this room, I know you are speaking to people. Protect those things in them, Lord. I thank you, God, that they would continue to see that and hear that as they walk through this next 21 days. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here. You are